Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the AWPT podcast. Today, I am joined by Tom Dickinson, and we're going to be talking all about emotional vulnerability, emotional intelligence, and the stigma around mental health, particularly when it comes to men. So a big topic today and something a little bit different than our usual topics of nutrition and training and all of that good stuff, but I think it's a super important conversation to have. So without further ado, I would love to introduce Tom and or we'll get him to <laughs> introduce himself. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you love, all of that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Tara. Um, very happy to be here. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm Tom. Um, I'm 25 years old. Um, how would I describe myself? I think, you know, externally, I, um, I've done studies. So I've got uh, two degrees, uh, did Bachelor of Commerce and Laws, uh, worked in sort of professional services and commercial law and some really interesting startups recently. And um, yeah, trying to kind of do some other things at the moment, get into some different industries and, and different um, pathways for work. Um, I think internally, though, I would describe myself as someone that's um, on a healing journey. I'm uh, someone that, that's introspective, that's working on himself and just trying to show up and be a better, be a better friend, be a better um, son, be a better human overall. And just, um, yeah, all things sort of health and fitness get me really going. I think um, love training. That's how we met. We met at the gym. Uh, we've been friends for, I don't know, six or seven years now um so yeah, yeah fitness is definitely like a big part of my life and um increasingly these days you know having sorts of these sorts of conversations about mental health is also really interesting and important so yeah I think you know I love everything to do with health and fitness but um yeah I think on paper you know I'm people might think that you know I've got some hallmarks of success you know I'm doing well in in my studies and and, and career and stuff like that but there's a whole other side where, you know, I'm just working on myself internally and, and doing all this work, which is really interesting and exciting. So keen to share a bit about that part of myself today. Yeah, I love that. And I love that twofold answer in terms of what you do and like these sort of external descriptors of, yeah, mm. like what you do, what you've studied, all of that kind of stuff. But then also, yeah, like who you are as a person. It's always when you ask that kind of question. It feels like you're either like on an interview or like on a first exactly. date and you're like, oh, what are my hobbies? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like one, one of them is your LinkedIn profile and the other one's the stuff that doesn't make it on there, um, which is, you know, that's, that's me. Like really, that's who I am and stuff. Everything that I'm doing is also part of my makeup and who I am, yeah. but um, there's a, a whole other side of it, which just doesn't get talked about. It doesn't really get the light of day. That's why we're here. Talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why we're here today because I think as you said it's so easy to get caught up in the sort of surface level descriptors or the surface level conversations around what you do 
what you've studied I mean as coaches like if if someone were to ask me like oh like tell us a bit about yourself you automatically go to what you do um and like that might lead to a little bit of a conversation around what are you passionate about in terms of like your likes and your interests but like rarely do you get past that point in a single conversation of you know getting a little bit deeper into what you love what your dramas are all of that good (laughs) stuff um but which like fair enough you don't want to trauma dump on the first conversation but um yeah the the topic for today's episode is all around men's mental health emotional awareness and emotional intelligence and sort of sensitivity and Mm. sort of trying to remove a bit of the stigma around that and as you said like you and I love a good DNM um and it's definitely a big pillar of our friendship um being you know that deep connection and emotional vulnerability would you say that that's like a core value of yours when it comes to friendships and relationships in general I think increasingly so yeah um Mm -hmm. you know like emotional intelligence and vulnerability isn't something that is necessarily taught in schools or university you don't get an education in how to talk about your feelings really unless you you know you've consumed some um some some content or some books or some podcasts like you don't you don't you don't go anywhere really to to get that kind of education so yeah that's something that I personally have tried to um get better at over the years um and as you get older you kind of I think it becomes easier and more natural as you as you get older and you have more life experiences and you kind of get exposed to different things but I think to answer your question it's definitely now you know where I'm at now I think it's definitely like a a big key um, to my relationships and to to be able to kind of have emotional vulnerability and um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a massive key pillar of all my yeah. relationships, and I try and develop that in myself, but also try and like help my friends on that journey as well. And we're all, we're all on a journey to to get, and we're all in different phases of the journey. But I yeah. think it's super key, um, especially now, um, and I think it's great these days that we're talking about it and you know five six years ago this wasn't really a topic that we talked about I never really ever considered it so um yeah I'm really grateful that these days like we can talk about it and just be open about it and just yeah there's so much good stuff out there in terms of content and stuff but um yeah it's it's great that we're talking about it yeah 100% and I suppose like why do you like why is that such a key value you said that you know five or six years ago you weren't talking about it as much what changed for you or like what changed Mm. in your life that you were like no I actually really need to be having these conversations or like my head's gonna explode yeah I think to be honest like I'm sure we've all felt uh, a a shift um in the sort of media and I guess the the content that we all consume there's been a shift towards talking about this kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. you know short form video didn't exist really five years ago um and people that you know traditionally are more inaccessible like higher profile people celebrities actors you would never hear from them talking about this stuff it just wasn't a thing and and podcasting wasn't a thing and so I think there's just been a shift towards um I guess content that's more available for people and so I think that has really helped open up um the field for for 
for being able to talk about this. And I think for me personally, that has helped me like consuming that sort of stuff and internalizing it has really helped me um, surface a lot of that stuff to to talk about myself and, and to be able to like recognize things, you know, just consuming that content and like listening to it and just really reflecting on things has really helped me kind of understand myself better. Mm. And so I think like, yeah, there's been, a, there's been a shift and that's helped me personally. And I think it's just made things more mainstream to talk about and okay to talk about. And I think talking about mental struggles and mental health wasn't really, I mean, it was stigma. It still is a little bit stigmatized, but it just wasn't a thing that you really did. Um, yeah. But these days, everyone's talking about it. It's a hot topic. Um, 100%. I feel like, too, um, like these podcasts and these short-form videos and whatnot that are a lot more accessible, it gives you the language to talk about it more as well. Because, I mean, we're going to touch on, I suppose, like a bit of a gender disparity as well when it comes to, like, sensitivity and, like, discussions around mental health and emotions and stuff like that. But I feel like, for me as a female growing up, we all talked about our feelings to an, ex- like, to an extent and potentially uh, or arguably more than like my male friends, the girls mm. were like talking about our feelings, but we didn't necessarily have like the language or the tools to deal yes. with it. So like yep. it still put us a step ahead potentially in terms of feeling comfortable to have conversations around mental health or mental turmoil or healing or boys or (laughs) struggles or any or any kind of thing like we were still having conversations but we didn't necessarily know like the language behind it or the psychology behind it so like we were able to get things off our chest but then it just wasn't necessarily like dealt with in the most healthy way in every sort of circumstance but I feel like some of you know my male friends and whatnot wouldn't have necessarily had the experience where they could you know talk about it or like have those deep and meaningful conversations in the first place 100 i think it's a skill absolutely it's a skill to be to be able to um hold space for someone in in difficult conversations and um as you said develop the the language and that toolkit to be able to kind of approach these conversations i think that has probably been the biggest shift you know Mm. there's more people talking about it there's more um really qualified people talking about it and you know psychologists and neurosurgeons that talk about this stuff and break it down for you and that gives you the tools and and the skill set needed to be able to talk about this stuff and and the language as you said and that Mm. I think is really helping men open up um because we can just recognize things a little bit more easily and, and 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 talk about it um yeah, I mean, I can talk to my experience about what it was like as a, as, you know, going to an all-male school and that kind of thing. Yeah, let's really do talk that. Let's talk about that because I went to an all-girls school, which mm. would have like a completely different, I suppose, like stigma around it. Um, and even like I, I feel very fortunate in my sort of schooling and upbringing and whatnot in that me and all of my friends were having really great deep and meaningful conversations and also mental health I feel was somewhat at the forefront of our education and like was quite accessible but I'm not sure everyone else had the exact same um experience but I can only imagine um what it was like going to an all boys school where 
mm. where it's known to have a culture around like a bit of sort of toxic masculinity like oh don't talk about your feelings because that's whatever is mm. that what it was like like let's delve into that um i think <clears throat> like uh to be completely honest i don't think my um education was toxic in a way I had a, I had a really great education yeah um I went to an all-boys school and I had a really really great experience there yeah um I just don't think that we really spoke about mental health per se or meant like it just wasn't really it wasn't really a buzzword back then you know you, you yeah. talk about like balance and like um mm-hmm. striving to achieve things and stuff like that but mental health wasn't as big a concern as it, as it is today I'm not sure what it's like in schools now whether there's like more programs or that kind of thing there was definitely like you know counseling available and that kind of stuff but yeah I think like you'd never really talk about it like if, if your mate went to counseling there would definitely be a feeling of like oh like what's wrong with you like are you okay like that's, yeah. this wasn't a really a thing you do whereas nowadays like I would openly talk about my um counseling or going to therapy I think that's like an incredible thing to do for men uh for anyone but back then and I I finished school seven years ago it just wasn't a thing like you just wouldn't talk about it and so that's not to say that I didn't have friends that I could talk to I definitely did um but not I just don't think we were skilled enough to have and have the tools to be able to have these conversations back then like it just didn't have the emotional maturity to be able to yeah. talk about it. And so you, you just internalize it and just kind of push it down and deal with it in your own way. Um, to be fair, in school, we were just busy. Like we didn't yeah. have time to like, <laughs> just like, you know, we, we were just always doing something, Saturday sport. Yeah. Um, and we're always around our friends and being surrounded by your friends all the time. You just kind of get along with things. Yeah. These days it's more difficult because, you know, we're spending more time at home, we're working from home, we're alone a lot. And so then it becomes vitally important, I think, to surround yourself with people that you feel that you can have those conversations with. Mm. It's just a different time now. Like it's, I, I, like I hope these days that schools have more systems in place to be able to encourage boys to talk about their feelings and things. You know, there's some really great mental health initiatives out there like Batir and lots of other companies and yeah um NGOs and things that uh, have these programs where it encourages boys to open up about their feelings and be vulnerable and I think that's incredible and I wish I had that back when I was at school yeah um but yeah it's it's definitely different these days I think in a good way yeah because that's was going to be another question I was going to ask was that if you had like a magic wand to sort mm. of go back in time and make a change to whether it was you know, within schools or whether it was in terms of your own upbringing or something in terms of, I don't know, a co-curricular activity that might have encouraged you and the other like boys in your life to develop these schools. What, what would you wave your wand and do? What do you think could have been like, not necessarily a quick fix or anything like that, but just something that would have sort of started those conversations earlier? Yeah. Um, to be honest, like a lot of these community or like these outreach programs that these NGOs do getting into schools and getting young men, like probably like my age, 20, mid twenties to talk about this stuff and just normalize talking about how things make you feel and how 
and, and just understanding how, you know, maybe your previous uh, experiences or some previous trauma might be affecting your decision making or mm-hmm. um, I think just getting into like getting young people that are equipped to talk about this stuff in front of young kids that aren't equipped to talk about this stuff yeah. um, and then just like normalize having those conversations I think is like super key because um, there's nothing wrong with having these conversations it's like it's it's so healthy and like so unhealthy if you're com- like compressing it and pushing it down and not getting it out there like mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't like to me it doesn't make sense to to kind of push that down and suppress yeah. those sorts of feelings and thoughts and emotions so creating a space that makes it okay to talk about it and yeah. um having people that are equipped with the skills to encourage that I think is super key I would have loved if like you know I had someone from Batir or any of the other um NGOs that would come in and just be like hey dudes like let's chat like what are you struggling yeah. with like what's what's on your minds like talk to me let's be candid like let's just human to human level like level playing field like what's going on yeah and I, and I you know if I was surrounded with my friends then like one of my other friends spoke up and shared something that he was struggling with and I might feel um yeah encouraged to speak up and then it's just like it's a, it just builds it's a snowball right <clears throat> and I think mm-hmm. that's what we're feeling now is like more and more people are talking about this and so it's becoming more normalized and um this just isn't something that we had back then so yeah, it's great. Times are changing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I remember in high school we had um, a camp in year nine that they called like friendship camp. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it was like done in either year nine or year ten for like the people going through, and because they was they said typically year nine and ten for girls is when things start to get a bit like quote unquote like bitchy in terms of like the girls are going through hormones and like that again got coming from an all girls school that was when they were maybe starting to like have more interactions with boys and like all of this kind of stuff and so that's when like the girls had more fights with one another and so we went on this like friendship camp where it was essentially exactly what you said for like a couple of days where it was all of these activities it was like the step up to the line if you have ever experienced this or like you know (laughs) like it was all the stuff that you like see or hear about on movies or those you know YouTube videos where the coaches are doing it with you know talking about privilege and all of this kind of stuff um but that was really (laughs) useful as well and it really did actually bring all of the girls closer together I think at least for a period of time anyway um but I also really loved what you said before about how in school perhaps it's not necessarily less important but it's just interesting because you and all of your friends are like busy and just in school and so you're having these conversations sort of but it's a bit more surface level and everything in life is just a little bit more surface level but then coming out of high school where we're all a little bit more isolated it becomes increasingly important that the relationships that you do have are relationships that you can have important conversations with because you've got fewer of them and so the ones in your life that you do have are arguably not necessarily more important but they just have a greater impact on you because of sort of the scarcity of it um which I think is yeah a really important and interesting point that I've never really thought about um but I also feel like sorry 
No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, it's just a lack of a support network, right? Yeah. You know, you, you when you're in school, you've got, you know, your house group, um, you might have your basketball team or your hockey team or whatever it is. You've got all these different groups of support and networks and people that are looking out for you and stuff. But then as soon as you leave and you, you know, you might continue for a couple of years in your basketball team or whatever, but after a while that sort of fades. And so you've got to really make conscious decisions and effort to nurture the relationships that serve you the best. Yeah, a hundred percent. I also think too, and like maybe this is just the water star sign in me um, that's <laughs> always been like a bit sort of deep and, and meaningful. But I think like the more conversations that you have and the, you know, the level of security that you have with the friendships or relationships in your life means that you can have these conversations and they don't necessarily have to be a big deal every time that you yeah. have them. Because I think that's part of the stigma around mental health, particularly for guys, is if, you know, they want to have a conversation with their friend about, you know, the heartbreak or um, their quarter life crisis or the fact that their <laughs> mental health has been suffering or whatever it is, it feels like this really big thing um if they're not having those kind of conversations all the time and then also from the other end the person receiving that information it feels like a big thing and a big load and a big burden to take on but the more sort of conversations that you have and it just becomes like a topic that's somewhat interchangeable with the lighter stuff as well yeah it takes away some of that stigma and some of that sort of heaviness I feel for sure for sure I think like you know Think of it like um, going to the gym and making progress, right? It's reps. It's like day in, day out. The more you do it, the better you get at it. The, you know, you develop a skill and you can approach these conversations with more maturity. Um, and I think mental health and I like the way that um, I listened to a podcast so that I think it was Simon Sinek. Um, I think I sent it to you. It's like the, the mm-hmm. find your why. Um, yeah. Author, but yeah, he talks about like mental fitness um not sort of mental health because like yeah ups and downs right like same with your fitness you you might rock up to the gym and just have like a really shit day and just like everything feels heavy and -hmm. then you might go back a couple days later and like you can just pick up and put down like 180 kilos super easily or whatever it is yeah Um, i'm not lifting 180 kilos (laughs) (laughs) um but like you know it's just like ups and downs ebbs and flows and same with your mental health mental fitness just like it's it's hard to maintain like a constant level of um, happiness or whatever it is. Like there's yeah. always going to be ups and downs. And so like, you just kind of got to ride those out and, 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 and put in the work every day to just be better and, and try and be your best self, I think. And like, you know, you might have days where you don't feel like that and that's fine. That's all part of it. Yeah. Um, but definitely like, yeah, having those conversations more regularly and putting those reps in and doing work and just like, not forcing it but just like being natural yeah you're absolutely right like that makes it easier to engage in that sort of conversation um I've definitely found that in some of my really close relationships just like the more you talk about it the easier it gets to talk about yeah um yeah definitely yeah I love that I love that analogy around you know mental fitness and putting in the reps because just like with fitness you know mental health and mental well-being is not an end destination it's just like something that's a constant practice um and yeah like that can look like different things on a day-to-day basis 
Um, and like some days that could be having a conversation with a friend. Sometimes that could be having a conversation with yourself and journaling, or, you know, sometimes that could be doing something fitness, but it's having and getting to a place where you've got enough emotional awareness or emotional intelligence and self-awareness that you can sort of differentiate and decide what you need in that moment. Um, but it's, yeah, it's getting to that point. So you said that, you know, in your current relationships and current friendships that has gotten easier but what does that look like for you and your male peers in particular like what yeah how do you approach certain conversations or how did you start to develop those sort of relationships where you feel you could have those conversations um I think for me a lot of this development has actually come out of the last I want to say six to eight months Mm mm-hmm and for me personally, um, so I, I was in like two long-term relationships back to back. And so I always had like a partner that I would, you know, talk to someone that would yeah. be there at the end of the day when I had a hard day. And so admittedly, like that meant that, you know, not, I probably neglected some of the relationships that I had with my friends. And so I probably wasn't having these conversations with them um, in the last sort of five 10 years of my life which is huge um but having since then become single and not having that support to rely on I guess and not having that crutch to rely on Mm -hmm. really forced me to I think firstly look internally and like try and develop the skills that I needed to to get through difficult times by myself but then also recognizing that's like nothing in this life is like done by yourself really like you're like it's it's a team effort and so calling on those support networks and friends um to be able to get me through and help me I think was really key so what that looks like and what that has looked like is basically just like trying my absolute best to reach out when I needed the most and like this is something that I think people particularly men really struggle with and I would say that I'm really fortunate to have friends that um, I can go to. And I think it's really sad that some people might not have friends that they feel like they can go to. And that I think is a real struggle. And I really empathize with those sorts of those people. But I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a really close group of friends, including yourself that I can go to when I'm struggling. And so um, I think in those sort of, when you have, when you have days that are dark and days that you you just don't feel like yourself and you need to talk to someone like it might just look like a quick message to to your mate hey dude having an off day like got a sec or yeah you know there were many times where I messaged my friend Marcus a good friend of mine when I just said to him like hey man I'm really struggling today like just I don't know why I'm just really struggling and then he wouldn't try and fix it he wouldn't you know try and like just he would just be there for me and hold space and listen and just like just be there for me while I talk things out or like express some feelings and that I think is like a really important skill that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to improve and I think my friends are trying to improve it's just that like being there for someone and holding space not necessarily trying to fix them or fix the problem like getting into that fixing mode yeah um and so yeah I think like just trying my best to reach out and like swallow the pride like everyone needs help everyone has dark days and when my friends have dark days they I hope they come to me and do the same thing and Mm -hmm. I get messages from from friends saying hey I'm having an off day today like don't know why 
and I'd be okay like tell me about it talk to yeah. me like how do you feel about it um do you want to talk and then if they say no I don't want to talk then that's that's fine just I'm here for you take all the time you need um we can talk whenever you want mm. or if they say yeah let's talk then you know you just hold the space and you, you you just have the conversation talk to me how are you feeling like what's going on um and I'm not trying to fix anything it's just like you just listen and just sit yeah. there with them as they as they go go through it and like hold their hand so to speak I think 100% and that's a hard skill I think especially linking it back to even the coaching industry and yeah. having people come to you with problems all the time and you know a lot of the time that's like a fitness problem which mm. we feel like we can fix but I think like 80% of the time, the conversations that we're having in our personal training sessions or coaching sessions, if it's with an online client, half the time, it's not actually about like the fitness and the reps and the form and stuff like that. It's about yeah. just like their day-to-day life and yeah. you know, their relationships or their mental health and all of that kind of stuff. And so I really think it's one of the hardest sort of skills to have is the learning to listen for the sake of listening and listen for the sake of like holding space and not listening for the sake of either responding or trying to fix the problem. Um, Because that's like, especially when you're an empathetic person and especially in friendships, when you care and you don't want them to be in a bad place, um, you want to like give a solution or you think that you've got a solution that they like may not have thought about, but they're not necessarily, like that's not what they're asking for, um, is a really hard skill to acquire is just being like okay like I'm here if you need me I'm here to listen not here to give you advice unless you ask for it um, or or vice versa but I think yeah you made a point there as well about the hardest part being reaching out in the moment when you're struggling like I think it's a lot easier to sort of have a conversation around mental health or mental well-being when you're sort of out of the slump, like when yep. you have sort of gotten a little bit of space when you've like felt it, but it's really hard to reach out when you're actually in the middle of it. And I think you made a really interesting point about doing that when you're single versus in a relationship. Like I was interestingly yep. having a conversation with my housemate the other day about how, um, especially like younger guys in sort of high school or like early uni, so like early 20s or late teens. Um, And you you said before, like not necessarily being taught the skills around having those deeper conversations or like having a person that you could, you know, emotionally unload on. And then when they sort of get into relationships, because there's this idea that like, oh, girls know how to talk about feelings. Girls talk about feelings all the time. Like they'll know how mm. to do- deal with this. Um, I noticed a trend when I was sort of growing up of guys using their girlfriends or like female friendships and whatnot as like a surrogate therapist. Um, yeah. But I think. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> um, but I think that that then continues regardless of gender when you've got a partner in your life who is like the person that you go to when you're feeling sad because they're like if you're living together like they're there they're seeing you when you're low but also like that's the person that you're sort of closest to at that time Mm. that's that's your person that's your sort of main support system and then it's really hard if you sort of come out of that relationship to then be like fuck well who do I talk to now like that person 
knew all of the context and like knew all of the conversations I was having at work that made me feel a certain way or like they were always there. So then when you're single and you're having a a bad day or you had a you know conversation at work that upset you or you got some kind of rejection from somewhere or just like things don't seem to be going your way yeah doing that extra step of having to like reach out to someone that doesn't actually know that you're in a bad mood to begin with like yeah. when you're living with a partner they know that you're in a foul mood because they can see it because they're there or they know your tone but having to actively go out of your way to be like okay I am reaching out to this person because I yeah. feel bad and I just like want some help or want some support or whatever that can be a really daunting task even I think regardless yeah. of gender that's definitely something I've struggled with in the past is being like oh I don't want to like disturb them or like maybe they're not like emotionally equipped to take this on right now or whatever it is but I think as you said if the roles were reversed you'd want them to reach out to you and I think if you go into it knowing okay this person's not necessarily going to fix it because then that takes the pressure off off the other person as well being like oh I I don't know how to take this on and I don't know how to fix it so therefore I like can't give to the other person if you're like I'm not asking you to give me anything can you just like be here on the phone for me for a second yeah um that makes a big difference for sure and like I think something that I've kind of learned over however like the past sort of six or so months or longer it's just like it's okay to struggle like everyone struggles at certain points in their life like this is just a certain period of my life and or it was a certain period of my life where like it was just a struggle it was a battle things weren't going right things weren't clicking and there's nothing wrong with that and like yeah that's part of life and it's part of a growing up experience it's a universal human experience of suffering and so like no one can ever be expected just to be okay and happy all the time and so I think one of the things that I just leaned into when I was going through it was just like staying openly and being just open and honest is like guys I'm struggling like I would have like dinner with my with a group of mates and I'd get there and like guys like yeah I'm doing it tough right now um you know I'm struggling just like things are going right I'm doing my best to get there but like yeah I'm going through it and then yeah and and they might I think just like being open with it and getting out there in the open rather than like just trying to put on a fake smile and just like sit through it like that's just not going to help and like is if you just communicate mm-hmm. how you're feeling and just do your best just to be open with the people that are closest to you, like that's only going to help you. Um, there's nothing wrong with struggle. Like it, like it, everyone goes through it and just like being honest about it and acknowledging it as just like a period of your life that you're going through, I think will help to kind of get people to, to help you as well. Um, and I think, something that I've really appreciated like massively over the the past six months or whatever is like because I've communicated to people that I'm struggling my best mates they will reach out you know they'll check yeah, in yeah they'll ask and that's like a, a huge um huge thing I'm super grateful for that like they don't have to do that but they know I'm struggling and they're my closest friends and they care about me so they'll send me a message um just checking in and that can sometimes really lift up the day you know Mm -hmm. I had a I got a text from my really close friend Emma who you know the wonderful Emma Plummer Mm -hmm. um 
was like a Thursday last week. I don't know. I was just feeling off. Just like, I don't know what it was. Just like maybe some feelings of rejection. I was just off. And I got a text from her and she was just checking in. It's like, hey, like, happy Thursday. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah. Why don't you come down and, and do the salty swim, the, the point to point swim in Bondi tomorrow morning. And that just like immediately lifted my mood. I was like, damn, like, you're right. Like, I should get out there. I should like do something else and just mm-hmm. see a friend. And so just reaching out. And I think that's something that I've tried to do for my friends also, um, because everyone goes through ups and downs and everyone has difficult days. Like just checking in with your friends. Like, Hey mate, how are you doing this week? Like, you know, I had a friend that uh, was going through a little bit of a tough time with, uh, with a girl um, and we've been talking about it. And so every couple of days I just check in, just check in. And even when I'm straight, even when I'm having a really difficult day, I find that it helps me um, when I actually do the service and I check in even mm-hmm. if I'm struggling that day you know I might reach out to my friend and like oh you know if I'm struggling like you know maybe my friend's also struggling so I'm going to reach yeah. out to him as well and then yeah. we just talk about it. like oh you know I'm having a shit day oh man me too like let's chat and yeah. like that just like gets it going you know I think it's really important as guys and as girls as well but just like checking in see how you're feeling because I think re- men really struggle with like loneliness these days particularly mm-hmm. like working from home and dating apps and it's just like it's a shit show. It's it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> just like having friends checking in and, and being there and um, just letting you know that you're not alone in this, I think is a really important thing. Um, and something that I try and actively practice every mm-hmm. day, every week. That's not, I'm not like texting my mates every day. Like, Oh, how you doing? How you doing? Are you, anything wrong with you? Like, no, nothing like that. But just like, yeah. Hey man, check it in. Love yeah. you, dude. Like miss you. Let's catch up. Yeah. Um, and like I speak to my guy mates, my closest guy mates, like I would like a girlfriend, you know? Yeah. I just I miss you, like, let's catch up. Well, I want to yeah. see your beautiful face. Like, you know, I end most of my calls with my closest friends telling them I love them. Like it's just like that level of like I'm comfortable with with that. And mm-hmm. like I love you, dude. Like I I, I appreciate you. I love you. Um yeah. and that's reciprocated. And that's just like a level of intimacy that I think a lot of people don't have as, as, as young males. Mm-hmm. So I'm very fortunate that I've got that, but also like we've, we as friends, we've put in the effort to get our relationship to that point. Yeah. We've built that trust. Yeah. Um, done the reps. Done the reps and doing the reps. So yeah, these are just some of the things that I kind of find help me. Um, yeah, no, I love but, that. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's, as you said, sort of leading by example in all areas of that, like, leading by example in terms of being the first to volunteer information around, you know, your mental health and your me- mental well-being. Yeah. Like if people ask you yeah. how you're doing, not just like fully brushing that off and be like, yeah, good, <laughs> thriving, yeah, exactly. and you're not. And so then that makes them feel more comfortable to give you an honest answer when you ask. And then, you know, if you're checking in with your friends, being like, okay, how are you, what's going on? Do you want to talk? Mm. You know, that also then invites them to do the same thing and just makes the environment a more, I suppose, like intimate space, but also just like a safe space as well to be able to have those conversations, um, I think is, is so key. And yeah, if you're not pushing away your own emotions and feelings or, you know, vulnerabilities, then that's going to invite other people to do the same. And then, as you said, once you're at a point with, you know, your friendships and with your relationships where you are able to be honest with each other, it makes it less, I mean, it's always like a big deal when someone opens up to you, I think, 
but like it's yeah. less of a daunting task because you know that the other person can handle you in a certain headspace yeah um and you know as you said like as you as we get older and you've got less like less relationships and less friendships the ones that you do have become increasingly so you want to have people in life that can handle you and that you can you know hold space for them um yeah because otherwise what's the point <laughs> exactly um, which I think brings us towards the end of this conversation but I would love to sort of wrap it up with linking it back to coaching in some way um yeah because I think as coaches and, you know, just like people living in the world, um, how can we encourage, you know, our male clients or, you know, mm-hmm. the men in our lives to open up more or connect with them on a deeper level? I think especially especially from a female coach to male client perspective yeah. as well, I think is like an interesting dynamic to navigate. Yeah. Even I've found as a coach, like not knowing what they're comfortable sort of dishing up or like not wanting. Yeah. Like it's just an interesting dynamic I've found navigating. I don't do it a lot because most of my clients are female and we just go mm. straight in there with like, let's talk about your periods. Like how's your boyfriend? Oh, did you fight with your husband last <laughs> night? Like let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. How would you go about it it's, as a male? It's a great question. Um, and I don't think it's like a, a, a switch that you can flick that would make all men open up but yeah I think I think what would help is like if people could consume resources that would arm them with the tools needed to to be able to have these conversations then I think that mm. would keep things off so what I mean by that is like for me personally like I listen to a lot of podcasts you know yeah, you Huberman Lab's great um yeah Jay Shetty's great um Modern Wisdom podcast, Lewis Howes, like there's so many incredible um, podcasts out there that um, like the podcasters themselves are great, but they're also interviewing incredible, incredible people Mm. and hearing these people open up about their struggles and how they're dealing with it and the language that they use and how they talk about it, how they approach problems. That is like gold. Like, you know, 10 years ago, you would never hear Kevin Hart talking about his his feelings or like Lewis Hamilton talking about his struggles or... Um, I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head, but like this just wasn't available. So I think like, you know, if you're a trainer and you 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 want to like help your client open up more or, or just like arm them with the tools, I think like directing them towards the appropriate resources, I think, mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. we just have to admit like, you know, they're just like prob- like those sorts of podcasts and, and self-help books and there's some incredible books that I think we've shared as well, like from Jay Shetty yeah. and some other ones, but I think directing them to the resources to be able to kind of approach those conversations and like yeah. hear other men and women. But like for me, hearing other men talk about it and like open up has been really helpful in being like, oh, actually like, you know, if Kevin Hart can talk about it, like surely I can, like this is yeah. some of the most high profile people in the world. Um, so that really helps, I think. And then, you know, for me personally, like I think exercise and nutrition and sleep are all like really important pillars as well, which support my mental health and fitness. Yeah. Like, you know, you can be super mentally fit, but if your like physical health is 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 trash, then that's going to affect your mental health. So yeah. 
I think as a coach, you want to be approaching things really holistically and encourage your clients to, to focus on all other aspects of life and have balance and make sure you're, you're putting in the work in other areas that are really important. That's going to support each, like it's going to support um, the other, the other things. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's what I would say. That's, that'd probably be my, my advice. I think. Yeah, no, I love that. that. And I love the podcast recommendations. I'll link some of the podcasts that Tom just mentioned in the yeah. show notes. But I think, yeah, as you said, sort of directing them towards resources that maybe they're going to be more comfortable with than like yeah. you talking at them. Um, yeah, like like other sort of like male-on-male podcasts where you've yeah. got like two guys talking about their feelings or talking about their experiences and whatnot. And then that then, you know, gives them the language or the toolkit, as you said, to either have those conversations with you but also if they're not comfortable with having them with you then that's totally fine as well but then maybe they're going to be more inclined to have those conversations with their friends or with their you know family or with their mentors or co-workers and stuff like that like it doesn't have to be you but as long as they're having those conversations with someone like that's the goal anyway so giving them sort of the tools and the inspiration and also the language to just have those conversations full stop I think is super super helpful 100% because it feels like you know the the world of mental health and fitness and it's just kind of unfurling slowly like the Mm -hmm. layers are finally being peeled back and there are so many incredible people that are talking about how they're dealing with things and their thoughts on the topics and stuff and so just consuming those resources and thinking about how they apply to your life and internalizing the lessons and you know I would I would encourage people just to take time to reflect and think whether it's go for a long walk for an hour just without headphones just think about things and like think about how your actions affect other people or think about how other people's actions affect you just like you know listening to little podcasts is one thing but like thinking about how it affects your life and how yeah. you can you can view things in a different way I think is like the next step yeah um certainly what I try and do yeah 100 and I think different people are different kinds of processes as well. Like some people are internal processes and some people are external processes. So some people, um, you know, figure things out by thinking about them, you know, internally, like whether that's journaling or whether that's just like self-reflection, yeah. going for that walk, all of that kind of stuff. And that that's how they're able to sort of get the answers they need on the situation or figure out how they feel about a situation or whatever it is. And then other people are external processes in that they figure things out as they're, sort of speaking them out loud and like they appreciate having that sort of like to and forth dialogue with another person so understanding too that not everyone is an external processor and so not everyone wants to be having those conversations all the time like figuring things out whilst talking to you like maybe you can start that conversation with them be like or just by asking them a question about how they feel about something but if you're sensing that they're not like equipped to necessarily give you an answer straight back or they're not comfortable doing that and all of that kind of stuff that's fine too and giving them the space to just like take that on and then they can think about that in their own time and also like as we've said it's not your duty as a coach as a friend as a mentor or whatever to fully solve someone's problems or fix someone's mental health we talk on this podcast a lot about um like scope of practice and unless you've got Mm -hmm. a counseling certificate or a psychology degree like you're not a psychologist so you can't be sort of taking it on in that sense but I think 
as humans and as coaches that are interested in personal development and interested in mental health and well-being and feeling good, you're automatically going to be having more of those conversations just because you're putting in the work for yourself and you're on that healing journey and on that personal development journey. So as we've said, it's just sort of leading by examples, having those conversations in your own life, having those conversations about yourself with clients or mentors or friends. And then that then creates that safe environment where people feel like they can open up as well because they know you're not going to judge um, exactly. And then, yeah, just checking in is also, I feel just like, with you... the male clients, just asking the question, like, oh, how have you been? Like, and, you know, meet them where they're at. If they're super comfortable talking about their feelings in the session, like, cool, amazing. Then you can go from there. If they're not, yeah. maybe you've prompted a thought in their own head of being like, oh, how am I really? Or, and they yeah. can have that conversation with someone that's not you, but at least those conversations are being had. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Love that. Well, I think that is a great place to finish off this episode. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today, Tom. My pleasure. Always a pleasure, Tara. Love talking about (laughs) this stuff and it's super important. And I hope that more people can talk about it openly, as, as openly as we do. And we try to encourage other people to do it. So. 100%. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you did enjoy, please feel free to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But otherwise, team, we will be in your ears next week. Have a lovely week. Thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.